Hollywood Machikari, a motorcycle madhouse morning mayhem. Listen to our show on Radio Public. Podcast app for iPhone and Android. User-created playlist collections. Download episodes while on Wi-Fi to listen without using mobile data. And you can stream the podcast episodes without waiting for the download. Download our Radio Public podcast app now. Rock on. How you guys doing? Welcome to this special edition of Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. Hopefully everybody is doing good out there. This is episode 424 and we have a very special guest today. His name is Tommy O, 1% of the Outlaws Motorcycle Club and the reason he is on today is is we're going to be talking about his battle against the COVID-19 virus. Now, Tommy, uh, he actually went through this experience and was actually ended up in the ICU as well as being on a ventilator. I think this is very important for people to understand how deadly this disease really is. And the reason being is I know we got a lot of naysayers out there, a lot of them, that say, well, it's just the flu. Well, until it happens to you, I have to say it's just the flu. And it's true, COVID-19 affects everybody different. This is true. But at the same time, it's a very deadly disease. I was talking about a buddy of mine uh, from high school that actually just passed away from it was a bodybuilder to whole nine yards, no underlying conditions. Then, uh, as you're going to learn in the interview later on, a worker, a co-worker of Tommy, she was 34 years old, a dancer, and she passed away from the COVID-19 virus. So it's a very uh, serious deal, and I wanted you guys to get it from a biker's uh, perspective, how they went through the whole thing. So without further ado... Tommy O, 1% of the Outlaws Motorcycle Club. Tommy? I'm doing better these days. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, I just want to start out by saying, and I know you had it, COVID-19 is not a joke. It's not a conspiracy like a lot of people are saying. Yeah, a lot of people think it's a conspiracy. It's pretty hard to have a worldwide conspiracy. Right. And a lot of them compare it to the flu. <laughs> yeah, it ain't nothing like the flu, that's for sure, you know. Uh, I mean, I had it back in March when it was still kind of new to everybody, and uh, it got pretty bad for me because it caused me to develop bilateral pneumonia. Now, what's, and, uh, bili- what's, a- what's bilateral pneumonia for people that don't know? Uh, double pneumonia because the COVID runs your system so bad, it just it took over my lungs. And, uh, I mean, until this day, I still got the uh, lasting effect of my lungs and everything. Mm. Now, is that the, the one thing that they show on TV with those x-rays where both the lungs are, like, all white? It's infected with it? Yeah, pretty much so. Do you know how, uh, now, they uh, say stay six feet apart, wear masks and stuff, and back then... They were actually telling us, well, masks don't help. Do you know how you might have caught it or how, you know, it spread so fast? 
I have no clue how I caught it. You know, uh, I work in a, a strip club. One of the girls there had it. She's the only person I know that had it. She was 34 years old and ended up dying from it. Oh, my God. Uh, and that was the only person I knew was uh, in contact with. Mm. Uh, six days later, I was in the ICU on a ventilator. Man. How long is she actually 34 years old? So for people out there that say, well, it only affects the elderly, they're full of shit. 34. Yeah. My God. So yeah. can you take us through all the steps, how it went down, how you were feeling, what it feels like? You know, when it first hit me, I was in the garage working on one of my motorcycles. And, it, you know, it, it felt like I was getting ready to come down with a cold. Uh, next day I woke up with a 102.3 fever and it never broke. Uh, about four days after that, I was bedridden and, uh, wasn't long after that I started coughing up blood and stuff. And, uh, they took me to the uh, emergency room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now is it true, is it, is it true that, uh, you can hardly move? It's hard to breathe? Yeah, it was hard to breathe. Uh, I, I remember my first night in the emergency room. You know, I was feeling uh, bad by the middle of the night. If I sat up or anything in the bed, I, I stopped breathing instantly. Oh, my God. And, uh, it wasn't long after that they took me and induced me in the coma and put me on a vent. Uh, the ventilator then. Now, was your O2, yeah. the O2 stats, how bad did they get before they put you on the ventilator? Um, I'm not sure how bad they were before they put me on, but what I was told uh, when I was out that uh, I went hypoxic three times in the hospital where they were giving me 90% oxygen to to keep me uh, uh, breathing, you know? Oh, my God. Now, did you lose uh, the, what was it, uh, the smell and the taste that they talk about? That I did Nope, I didn't. So, that might be one of the The rare thing about the whole thing is not everybody has the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now, do so you I think that, that, that they did enough for you? Or at that time in March, it was pretty new. They didn't have, you know, all these supposed miracle drugs they're talking about. Yeah, no, they gave me the hydrochloroquine in there. Uh, eight doses of it, I think they gave me. Uh, you know, that can cause heart damage. Luckily for me, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the doctors had told my wife that uh, I was worse off than people that already had died. Oh, my God. And you don't have any underlying conditions or anything. You work out and... No. I had no underlying conditions whatsoever. None. So, what would you say to the people that say, well, it's mostly people with underlying conditions that, you know, get all the serious effects. Well, it's like this. Let's take three of us and line us up the same age and the same health. And if all three of us get it, it's going to affect us all differently. Mm -hmm. One person might uh, not have no symptoms at all. One might have mild symptoms. And the third one, end up like me and end up on a ventilator. Mm. How long were you on that vent? I was on an event for 15 days and 26 days in the ICU. Holy shit. And during the 15 days when you're on an event, they have you in a coma and stuff like that. 
uh, so you don't know what's going on around you. No, the only thing I remember is the hallucinations that I had. Now, they wouldn't even let your uh, old lady in there with you? Is that true? They won't let nobody in there with you? Because I've, uh, you know, read the stories over and over again where people were dying and their family couldn't even be by them. Uh, you know, when I was lucid afterwards, and uh, when I uh, came to afterwards, I still couldn't have nobody in there. And it was uh, it was a very shallow feeling because you're laying there dying. You don't know if you're ever going to see anybody again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just as bad as being sick. Man. I can, you know what? I can't imagine being on a bed like you were and not being able to see your family because that's what happened with my buddy his wife was telling me about was she wasn't allowed in the room they wouldn't even let her near that ward she would have to uh be down in the lobby and they were doing yeah, a, a, a video that... camera thing with them they had a video camera on them yeah i, mean, I had my phone and stuff like that you know you could do the, the facetime and all that shit and uh but, the, you know, you're in there by yourself. And the nurses don't come in your room that often because they got to gown up every time that they come in your room. And they just want to get out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, they got families at home, and they don't want to infect their families when they go home. Right. So I, got, I got a little sister. She's an ICU nurse right now in a COVID unit. And uh, tells me right now that there's more people on that unit than what there was back in March of all ages. Affected them all differently. Uh, people die and a couple people die in a day. Well, that the real eerie and uh, sad thing is you see all these uh, tractor trailers outside being morgues. That should tell people, hey, you know yeah. what? There's a lot of people dying from this stuff. Well, you know, it's unfortunate because people want to take the attitude that it's their choice. Well, you know, it is your choice until you infect somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like uh, back in the 80s and 90s when HIV hit. People had it. Well, yeah, it's your choice, but as soon as you give it to somebody else, it's not theirs no more. Right. How do you think the response has been? Because me, I've been like, you know what, what the hell are they doing? They're not doing a lot. You know, they're going back and forth, making their minds up. Like in the beginning, it was no mass. Then you come to find out, oh, you're just stockpiling them for, you know, the other people that need them, which, okay, uh, but you're telling people that masks were no good, but now all of a sudden, you you know, masks are good. I don't think they had a plan for this stuff, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people in that administration were bundling it, if you would, uh, saying, well, you know, we didn't want to uh, get people all hysterical and stuff, but now the second wave is hit, and now you got all the naysayers that are actually making it worse on everybody else because they won't follow basic stuff. My son goes and says, you know, in the 1900s, they thought in 2020 we have flying cars. But how the hell are we going to have flying cars if people can't even wash their fucking hands or stay six feet apart? Yeah, that's the people not believing. I've been working in the nightclub industry. I come across people all the time. They don't want to wear the mask. They don't want a social distance. Uh, they, they blame it on the Democrats. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, I guess you could slap them in the face with it, but they still wouldn't get it. Right. Well, that's the that's the sad part. Our country's so divided. 
I believe this is a, you know, I hate to say it. We've been, we were together after 2001. You think something like this, I think there's been over 220 something thousand Americans that died from this. You'd think we get together and say, okay, let's fight this as a country. Yeah, we're we're definitely a house divided these days. That's for sure. Mm. What would your What would your you know what advice? Is, Go ahead. You got all these people, and they they got all their own thoughts and ideals, and uh, uh, our own freedoms working against us because people want to say it's their choice to wear a mask. Well, the government's not going to make me do that. And you know they 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 they, they focus too much on the how instead of the why. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think about uh, the Sturges? See, I'm a germaphobe. See, I've been locked up since the beginning of this because I have seizures and all that other type of stuff. I have the underlying conditions. So I'm barely out and about around anybody. Uh, but when I seen the Sturges thing going on, I was like, man, you guys, what the hell's wrong with you? It's only giving the press a reason to screw with us now because they're going to blame it on you like they did. Uh, but I don't see how they t they did that. Most of them weren't wearing masks. They were all bundled together. It's like, do you care about what happens to you? You know, you look at the Sturgis thing out there, and it's real easy to look at that one. You do the math on how many people they had with COVID before Sturgis and how many they got now. Mm -hmm. And I, I think South Dakota is one of the worst states in the nation right now. Yeah, their uh, levels are way up there. Illinois right now is at a 20%. But Sturgis yeah, and, and is outrageous. I the out there on YouTube and that. They're all just people running around like nothing's even happening. Mm -hmm. Well, they're putting... You know, you, you kind of can't... They, they, they have a, a false sense of uh, uh, security. And they want things to be normal, but it's not normal. No, we're not in the normal time right now, not at all. Uh, you know, I talked to a, a buddy of mine uh, that you know, and he has the underlying, you know, he got in a car accident and stuff, and he's got some really bad health issues, and he's doing the same thing I'm doing. It's like, uh, yeah, stay there, stay in the house, man, because you catch something like this, you're not going to make it. Uh, it. And then you get a lot of people say, well, you're just paranoid. You're paranoid. I don't know, man. I know some people who had this stuff uh, that didn't make it out of it. And you can't just sit there and tell me it's the damn flu. Uh, my wife the other day, because she works at a gas station, one of the local uh, PD just uh, got taken off of life support because of it. And he, he was in good shape. You know, he went through 45 days, I think, before he finally uh, passed because they actually transferred him from the hospital to a long-term rehabilitate, whatever that kind of place is, and he passed away from it. And it's like, man, there's people right now in our uh, county, it's at 20%, and we're a small county, and it's just blowing up here in Illinois. And then everybody's yeah, we're on pinning our second, you're on your second your wave. Huh. Uh, what do you think about the restrictions that they're throwing in place? Well, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I understand that it's, uh, it's killing the economy. But you know my thoughts on it are, you know, I've been poor and hungry before. I've almost died several times. 
it's easy to come back from being poor and hungry. Mm. That's so what I true. think. So true. If you're alive, you can rebuild. Mm. Well, the other day I was talking to my wife. They had one of these bars. They had one of them, uh, what is it, a bachelor party bus that pulled up. And 20 people went into the damn bar because they're refusing to shut down. Here in Illinois, we're at Tier 3, which means no bars, none of that stuff. And they're just blatantly, you know, going against it. And they got 20 people in there. And here Rockton is at a, you know, a high rate of spread. I was like, man, because they consider my wife an essential worker uh, because it has to deal with fuel and all that stuff. And I was like, I get worried about her bringing it home because that's the only way she I'm getting it is she brings it home because I stay away from that stuff. And she told me about uh, another guy that had, that's why I asked you, does it feel like you couldn't move, you couldn't breathe? Because she said that he, every time he tried to bend over, it was like he was 90 years old, smoked two packs uh, a cigarette an hour or something like that. He couldn't breathe worth the shit. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like drowning in your own lungs. Oh, that's the way to describe it. Oh, and you're, you're burning up. They had to pack ice bags around me in the, in the ICU because they couldn't control my temperature. Mm-hmm. What was the highest your temperature uh, got up to? Uh, that I remember it was the, the 102.3 that I remember. I don't know what it was when I was in there. Yeah. You know? So they're putting bags on I wasn't on even you. I woke up. Did they have to put you in an ice ba- okay. uh, bath and all that, too? They didn't put me in an ice bath. They had a cooling blanket on me. It wasn't working. And then they packed bags of ice under my armpits and around my legs and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're you know, when I woke up, I was so sore. They, they prone you. They flip you over on your stomach like every 15 minutes. They keep flipping you. And uh, you wake up, it feels like you was in a car accident. Like you got run over. Holy cow. Now, you're out on uh, the East Coast. What do you think about... Uh... New Jersey or New York, how they're doing their, because it seems like they're in complete lockdown out there from what we're hearing on the news anyway. Do you think they're taking it too far? Do you think they're just doing it right? And they legitimately care about stopping everything. They legitimately care about stopping it. And it brought the numbers down in New York before. We were the worst state in the country, and we come back from it. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting worse again. You know, you hear the business owners, and you understand their worries. A lot of people are they're small businesses. They don't have savings. They're, they're, they're living from one week to another. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel for them. But on the other hand, as I said, you know, if you're alive, you can rebuild. If you're dead, you're just fucking dead. Right, exactly. And I got a lot of people that were claiming that you know, the last pandemic we seen on this scale was the Spanish flu, which killed a lot of people. And you had a lot of the people on the Internet saying, you know, because I have to deal with the Internet because of my business, saying, well, they didn't lock down during the Spanish flu. And they all got pissed off at me because I pulled an article because I was looking for this. And if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see it. Thursday, November 7th of 1918. Uh, This is at the height of the Spanish flu. Notice is hereby given that in order to prevent the spread of uh, Spanish influenza, all schools, public and private, churches, theaters, 
Moving picture halls, pool rooms, and other places of amusement and lodge meetings are to be closed until further notice. That was Kitalana. That was BC uh, on October 19th of 1918. So they're actually following steps that help stop the Spanish influenza. Well, they got to do something. Of course, back in those days, they got horses and carriages ringing bells saying, bring out your dead. Right. It, it was pretty bad, but I'm just saying. now with the freezer trucks. Oh, yeah, those freezer trucks, man. That just makes your skin crawl right there. Uh, but it just goes to show that people are uneducated about a pandemic because you're you're trying to compare it to apples and oranges, but at the same time, Back then, they took the same steps that are being taken today, and they're acting like, uh, I hate, you know what, I'd really hate to see a nuclear war hit this country, and the reason why I say that is, if people can't take this kind of containment, what the hell are they going to do in a major uh, event like that? They won't survive. They're having a hard time surviving now. Right. <laughs> what do you, what's your thoughts on the vaccine? You, you, you know, I mean, I understand a lot of people's concern because they, they're rushing it. But, you know, you got top scientists and, and pharmaceutical companies around the world working on it. Right. You know, if it gives you any kind of percentage of it and making it go away, why not? Right. Well, they got uh, Pfizer, I believe, came out and said 95% uh, it stops it. But I guess there's two shots and people are worried about the side effects. I seen some of them and I was like, holy shit. Uh, but I think they said uh, if they get it rolled out right, there'd be 70% here, uh, herd immunity by spring. If we wanted to get back to normal, maybe people should, you know, I know you don't want to give up your civil liberties and stuff like that. And I know businesses are hurting, but at least take the basic steps and not getting this. Yeah. Well, you know, the lifestyle I got, I'm kind of used to not having civil liberties. <laughs> right. <laughs> but. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> you know, the sad part about this, Hollywood, is you got these people out there that they're all fighting everything. They got to have a cause. Their next cause is going to be protesting the, the uh, vaccine. Right. Oh, uh, everybody just wants to have a cause, whether they believe in it or not. They just got to have something to fight about. So true. Oh, I hope true. it works. Well, so you know, I'd, I'd love to see things get back. Why? Well, I, I told my wife I'd be the guinea pig. I get it, uh, you know, just to show it works. Because uh, I don't want to catch that stuff. And after hearing the story from you and the people I know, that kind of puts the fear of God in you. Uh, I might be overreacting, but hearing what you went through, oh. Especially the drowning in the lungs stuff, man. That's some scary stuff right there. You know, and then you think about what it puts your family through, and they don't know if you're going to live or die, and they not, they're not going to see you. They, they bring your corpse out in the fucking bag. Right, right. Now, you said you had hallucinations with this, too? Uh, once I was in that induced coma. Oh. They had me on paralytic. They had me on fentanyl pump. Uh I had some pretty fucked up fucking hallucinations. <laughs> so were you conscious or 
subconscious when you were no. going through the coma? I, 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 at points, I was subconscious, uh, but for the majority of it, no. Right, right. You know, I was. I really didn't come to until about uh, three days before they uh, uh, they didn't kick me out of the hospital. But I'm sure they wanted to because I was kind of combative. But uh, you know, <laughs> no, not you. Basically, <laughs> the past three days. <laughs> Man, well, I'm really glad you. What do you tell uh, the people around you about this disease? You know, like your it's sister, real. does she educate? Uh, you know, because she's an ICU nurse. Does she educate? Uh, how do you go about educating people? Well, it's hard when they believe what they see in the media. I don't listen to the media. I listen to what she's going through. She's right there in the front line. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to say, "Ah, oh, they're they're." They're inflating the numbers for money at the hospitals. That's malpractice. They ain't doing that. No. You know? Not uh, when you see trailers. I, I've heard all kinds of stuff. So it, it, it's aggravating that to, to listen to some of it. Well, especially, well, you just got, you got over it, but your sister, your kin, is on the front lines in a war against this thing, and she can get affected. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm surprised yeah, you haven't decked uh, anybody. <laughs> I got an aunt and uncle that are in the medical field, and they're both uh, positive right now in quarantine. Oh man, they're you know, most most likely caught it at work. Uh, you know, there's a high percentage of hospital staff that are coming down with it. Mm-hmm. You do now. You, you know. just said a, a high percentage of them are coming down with it. Is I think that's putting a strain on the system, then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Uh, but I just wanted to have you on and uh, talk to you. Uh, you know, you're a biker. You've been through it. Hopefully your words can help our audience. You know, like you said, they have to have a brain first. Uh, take this very serious. And I really appreciate having you, know, you talk, on. Go ahead. I, I talked to a lot of clubs across the country, major clubs in that. And uh, just about all of them's lost uh, uh, one or two or three more brothers to it. So it's all over the place. It's all over the place. It's hard. Our lifestyle's hard right now. You know, everybody wants to travel and party, and uh, you do. Right, right. It's like rolling the dice. And and you know what? That's a good point. It's hard on clubs because a lot of clubhouses are probably closed right now. So it's probably hard on them as well as uh, small businesses. Hmm. You know, you have to pay the bills still. our parties, the funerals, you know, I actually went to a funeral two weeks ago, masked up, gloved up, uh, you know, stayed away from everybody. And, of course, afterwards, uh, you know, there's three, four, five guys come down positive with it. You know, it's uh, it's tough, and you hate to go back home and take it back to one of the graybeards sitting in the clubhouse while he's having his beer in a, a Marlboro. And next thing you know, he's uh, in intensive care. Right. You know, exactly. who wants to live with that? Oh, right. Now, can you, I don't know how it works. Can you get it twice or do you got immunity from it or? I had the antibodies, but they say they last only like up to 90 days. I'm about to get retested for antibodies. uh, I went and had a COVID test the other day since being at that funeral. And uh, the nurse said people are starting to get second uh, uh, breakouts from it. So the second wave is hit. Is it hitting harder than the first, you think? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
I think they're keeping people more alive than what they were the first time. Mm-hmm. For now. Now does uh, you're you, running out of ICU bed. Right. Your sister is a nurse in ICU. Does she, does she does she think or anybody around her think that the virus is actually mutated? Because viruses mutate into a different strain. That's hard to fight. You know, I've never talked to her about it. I mean, you hear people saying about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, it may have mutated to where it's not as strong as what it was. That's why the, the death rate's not as uh, aggressive as what, what it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, uh, who knows? Yeah. If I do that, I, I guess I'd get a doctor. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I'd be interested. I'm going to see if I'd have talked to some people to find it out because I usually think if it mutates, it's actually stronger and more resistant. Uh, than the original one, but I ain't a scientist or anything. I don't know how it works. Uh, but any uh, last words that you would give to people? Uh, you know, just wish everybody luck and stay healthy. Right, right. That's all bikers, man. They wearing those masks, some kind of a government muzzle, I heard people refer to it as. Government muzzle. <laughs> I bet they love to have that. You know what? They always uh, think twice when it happens to them because, you know, they see it on TV and they say, well, that's not happening to me until it happens. Then you get a new, uh, new uh, outlook on things. No, Hollywood, it's like I said the last time we talked about Sturgis. They don't like the mask. They're really going to hate the vent. <sighs> yeah, there's that one picture uh, going around on Facebook right now that uh, says – the exact same you, thing you did where they, you know, open up your uh, throat and put the tube down and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'd better, you know, it's better to be careful than, uh, like, being out there being stupid. I know bikers are rebellious, but come on, be smart. Well, you know, the young generation, all they want to do is hang out and party, you know, and they, uh, it's tough. I'll just say that. It's, it, it, it's tough. Oh, it is. It's a whole different scene now to me, man. It's like, damn, man, what the hell happened? You know, people used to be smarter than they are now, but it is what it is. They used to be worried about going to a party and catching going to rear the crab. Right? And now it's, uh, you know, AIDS and COVID, everything, man, you got to worry about. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate uh, having you on. Uh, it was a great discussion. Uh, tell your sister we'd be thinking about her. Hopefully she stays safe. Uh, and uh, your other family members that tested positive, hopefully they pull through. Uh, and I'm glad you did, man. I'm really glad that you were able to share your story with everybody else about how dangerous this is, what you went through. I, I just can't imagine that, man. Uh, did you ever feel at any time that you were, were you know, last question, that you weren't going to make it? You know, uh, I think there was a, a one point there. I remember talking to the doctor before they put me in the vent when I told him I was willing to go on the vent. I, uh, at that point there, I wasn't so sure I was going to make it through there. Mm-hmm. And that must have you been know, scary. Then, I was so down and weak and laying there and uh, just felt horrible. I didn't think so. Right. It, it took me several months to get back to health. Now, do you have any of the long-term effects they're talking about? The scarring of the lungs. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. 
chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, shortness of breath, uh, anxiety. I got anxiety like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I bet. Do they say it ever heals itself or, you know, are you back to working out yet? I'm back to working out, man. You know, I, uh, it usually hits me about 4.35 o'clock every day. It's just, uh, just like I run out of gas, you know. Mm, mm, man. Well, I appreciate having you on the show. Uh, coming up is going to be some biker news. But take it from Tommy, man. Listen. This is a guy who had it. His sister's on the front lines. This is some serious business. And you take it at your own peril if you go out there and play around and, you know, think it's not going to hit you because it's hitting a lot of people out there now. Just look at them. You know, the refrigerator trucks is what's got me going. Uh, I think I seen that out in New York or New Jersey. They were showing it, and it's no joke anymore. Texas. They had it out in Texas is where it was. Oh, okay. Uh, well, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Tommy. I really do. Uh, it was real educational for myself and hopefully others. Well, keep up the good work. Stay healthy, my man. Thanks, Tommy. I'll talk to you later. All right, take it easy. Welcome back. How you guys doing? That was a hell of an interview, wasn't it? Learned a lot from Tommy O One Percent from the Outlaws Motorcycle Club. Again, thanks for coming on the Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. Hopefully, we get some people to listen here. Now we're gonna go into some biker news right now. Eleven wounded in mass shooting at Grenada Biker Club. Let's take a listen. Right now, we know at least eleven people were shot. Many of the victims being treated here at UMMC Grenada. Police say many of the victims suffered superficial gunshot wounds, and no one has died as of now. Police say the motive of the shooting is still under investigation. Early Sunday morning, Grenada Police and Grenada County Sheriff's Department responding to a shooting with at least 11 victims. It Holy took place shit. here at the SSMC Bikers Club, now covered with bullet holes and broken windows. Grenada Police are investigating the shooting. We believe preliminarily that there were two uh, opposing um, subjects or people that were shooting possibly at one another. Now, we haven't had that thoroughly confirmed at the, at the moment. During the investigation, police recovered multiple firearms and stolen property. The victims are being treated at several hospitals, including UMMC Grenada, Greenwood LaFleur Hospital, and one victim being airlifted to UMMC in Jackson. Police say as of now, no one has died from their wounds. Most of the individuals that were shot, they received superficial wounds. However, this does not minimize this, the seriousness of the shooting. Neighbors of the club are still in shock. This happened so close to home. Uh, you know, I, I still hate that it even happened to begin with. I hope the guy gets justice. I'm glad that they're okay. They did not deserve to get uh, caught in between someone's ill mindset like that. That's evil. Police are still searching for the motive of this shooting, and no arrests have been made. Grenada Police Chief Douglas is encouraging anyone with information to contact their tip line at 662-227-TIPS. Reporting in Grenada, Cecil Hannibal, 16 WAPT News. So that's 11 wounded in the mass shooting at a Grenada biker club. 
that's all the scene needed right there. Uh, it looks like nobody's died in that one, so more on that as it comes available. Now, let's go overseas. Yes. Oh, look at all those pretty 420 plants. Ugh. Gotta love them leaves, don't you, baby? Uh, my Queensland uh, police news. This is a police release. Police have charged 10 people in the Wide Bay, Burnett, and Sunshine Coast districts seizing drugs and firearms as part of an ongoing enforcement action against outlaw motorcycle gang members and associates. Acting a fool over there again. But hey, man, I got to give you some props, man. Them plants look good, healthy. Yeah, that's some good stuff if they're not going to burn it. No, they're probably going to save it for themselves. Detectives from Task Force Maxima. There's another task force. You guys got all those cute names over there. Uh, in conduction uh, with uh, Budaberg, uh, Criminal Investigative Branch executed 14 search warrants at multiple locations in the Budaberg region over the last week. As a result of the police searches, located large quantities of cannabis. Oh my God, 182 ladies. Yes, I'd take that off your hands if you don't have nowhere to put them. Uh, cocaine, ice, pharmaceutical drugs, three concealable firearms, a number of weapons, including a baton, Laser pointer. It's a, it's illegal to have a laser pointer. I'm just wondering. It's not attached to the gun. I'm just wondering. And a stolen motorcycle. Now that's not cool. Motorcycle thieves are horse thieves. They should get the same punishment. A 43-year-old uh, Emirati man, an alleged member of the Rebels OMCG. You know, it's funny, the Rebels have the Confederate flag on their back and stuff, and, you know, everybody's going PC shit ape over here in the United States over that, and here they got the patch. Uh, was charged with one count of producing a dangerous drug, possession of da a dangerous drug, possession of utensils, and possession of paraphernalia. Does that mean you can't have a bowl? Just asking. Hey, is it illegal over there, or is it legal? What's going on over there? I know it's legal in Canada. Uh, he is due to appear in the magistrate's court on February 10th. They also uh, charged a woman with the, about the same crimes. An 18-year-old uh, was charged with possession of a dangerous drug, basically the same stuff. Uh, they got a lot of people in this sucker that they charged. Uh, then they go on the, you know, toot their own horn. The results show the continued great work by the regional supported uh, police by uh, Maxima officers. Blah, blah, blah. Now, let's go over, I believe this is New Zealand, the Tridesman Gang Bust. There, look at that headline. Police issue hundreds of tickets and pound vehicles after funeral procession. Yes. Let's see what they have to say here. Let's see. Uh, play it. Yeah, just play it. Showing pictures right now of everything that's going on, basically. Uh, the tribesmen going, uh, passing by. That's the video that they're showing. You have to come over and see it on YouTube and all that stuff. I'm not going to go up big time on commentary and that. Uh, more than 200 tickets have been issued and three vehicles with more likely to follow have been impounded by police after a gang funeral possession sparked alarm and dozens of complaints this month. 
hundreds of tribesmen, gang members, and cars and uh, oots and on motorbikes took place in the uh, procession in Auckland on November 7th. That's the video uh, footage that we just put up on the screen for YouTube and Facebook at a North Shore intersection. Uh, the procession was to honor tribesman gang member Merc Papa Hugh Latama. Uh, yeah, that's a long name, man. How did you guys learn that one? When you were a kid who died while riding with other gang members on sh1 uh you know what the media and your propaganda bs man is worse over there than it is here uh the 21 year old died after his motorcycle and a car collided our uh thoughts and condolences out to you on that so sad somebody so young that dies in a motorcycle accident uh, police monitored the uh, procession, including both filming it and using the Eagle helicopter. Uh-oh, Eagle helicopter. Uh, the East Police have been making follow-up inquiries in response to complaints from the community relating to dangerous driving behavior across the North Shore. Uh, the reports related, related to a very large gang funeral procession. Involving more than 100 motorcycles and 100 vehicles. Hmm. <sighs> then they're reviewing the footage of the activity. That over in New Zealand. Now let's go up north where, <laughs> by the picture, it's cold up there, man. It's like freezing up there, I bet. How do you guys, Harm, how do all you, Henry, all you guys live up in Canada, man? It is cold, man. I'm always crying and whining about here in northern Illinois. Oh, my goodness gracious. Then just seeing that, oh, my God, it's cold. What do you guys do, you know? You don't have the freaking uh, bikes to run around with. I bet you got some snowmobile stuff going on up there. Uh, work for the good crazy Indians. Chapter forms in Smithers. Did you guys take that, uh, you know, some of that from freaking, uh, what is that, uh, Bart Simpson, The Simpsons or something? Uh, Michael wants to dispel rumors there is a new motorcycle gang. Uh, he is the founder of a new chapter of the Crazy Indians Nomads he is currently organizing in town. Quote, we are not a gang. We're a non-profit organization. Our people need help out there. Our people have been so desolated, so been uh, put down by our governments. The crazy Indians are here for First Nations people in Smithers. While by all reports it's not a criminal enterprise, the organization does share many of the trappings that have come to characterize criminal motorcycle clubs, including the leather cuts, complete with colors, Rockers and other patches indicating rank and chapter. Also, members must earn their way into the group by way of, of first being a prospect before being patched in. You got to love the news, how they cover it. Uh, but that's uh, where Mike says it uh, ends. In fact, he said the intention is to prevent crime and protect vulnerable individuals, not just indigent uh, people. From criminal organ uh, elements such as drug dealers and sexual predators. We're going to clean up this town, he said. Okay. Uh, the crazy uh, Indians started in Peg City in 2007 when a group of ex-gang members decided they wanted to forge a better life for themselves and prevent other youth from going down the road they did. 
adopting the moniker Crazy Indian, was intended to reclaim a negative stere uh, stereotype that has for decades been used as a term by non-indigent people, meaning you're non-Indian, man. Uh, hopefully you guys have good luck up there and stay warm, man. It's freezing by what it looks like. My God. Okay, let's go over to the world news. What's happening all over the place, man? Other news other than biker news. In El Salvador, arrested gang members paraded for the cameras by Reuters. Yes, they're uh, all in their whitey tidies over there. It's a bad place down in San Salvador, man. Not a joke, man. Not a joke. Hundreds of handcuffed Salvadorian gang members were displayed before assembled reporters on uh, Saturday, a vivid show of uh, president's uh, policy of confronting them and the violent crime they are accused of committing. Some 600 members of El Salvador's uh, MS-13 gang and its rival Barrio 18 made up the bulk of the detentions that were announced on Friday following a one-week U.S.-backed roundup of Central American gangs that also netted arrests in neighboring Guatemala and Honduras. The detainees paraded before the press on Saturday, a common uh, tactic that predates uh, the president, have been charged with murder, kidnapping, and human trafficking, among other crimes. Uh, in April, he provoked the ear of rights groups when he published on social media jarring pictures of hundreds of semi-naked jail gang members pressed tightly together in rows despite the pandemic. Just goes to show you they don't play down there. They don't have a constitution like we do, man. They crazy down there. You know, I, I always wanted to do a trip from North America down to the tip of South America like everybody else does. But going through the, you know, those uh, corridors, man, that's dangerous for us gringos, man. Uh, they don't like Americanos down there. <laughs> anyway, sad, sad, sad news here. Uh, I can't believe it, but CNN. Uh, NASCAR's William Rowdy Harrell and his wife died in a car crash while on their honeymoon. Uh, he's a NASCAR pit crew member, and them guys are freaking amazing. On uh, what uh, the job they do, and yes, it's a team sport in racing. Even though I don't watch NASCAR, I support the local tracks. I really love racing, but with NASCAR, with their PC crap, don't want to deal with them. Uh, William Rowdy Harrell, 30, was a tire changer for Hendrick Motorsports. He and his wife, uh, Blakely Harrell, 23, died just days after their wedding last weekend. The racing team said in news. Uh, before joining NASCAR, he was a middle linebacker for the University of Alabama's football team. Hell yeah, Alabama, baby, where he won three national championships. Quote, today Hendrick Motorsports learned that team member William Rowdy Harrell and his wife Blakely were tragically killed in an automobile accident uh, in Florida. Uh, the newlyweds were traveling to celebrate their honeymoon after being married on Saturday. 
The Florida Highway Patrol said in a report that uh, Harold's Toyota Corolla collided with the Ford pickup truck on U. Oh, it happened on one man U.S. Highway One. Uh, according to NASCAR, the truck driver sustained minor injuries, but two passengers were seriously hurt. He worked uh, with Hendrick Motorcycle, or I'm going to say motorcycle, but motorsports, number 88 team for the past eight seasons, most recently for driver Alex Bauman. Man. Uh, he was a two-time NASCAR and uh, Xfinity Series champion pit crew member with JR Motorsports. So sad stuff, man. So sad stuff. There's a couple pictures and... Man, that's bad. Anyway, we were talking about coronavirus earlier today. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of that interview. Uh, first doses of Pfizer's coronavirus have been flown to the U.S. from Belgium. Let's see what they have to say about this here. The first doses of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine candidate have been flown over to the U.S. from Belgium. A source familiar with United Airlines' COVID vaccine readiness task team planning confirmed to NBC on Saturday. On Friday, the Wall Street Journal reported that United commenced chartering flights to send doses of the vaccine to the United States. In a statement to The Hill on Friday, the Federal Aviation Administration also confirmed that it was, quote, supporting the first mass air shipment of a vaccine. A source told the network that the FAA is allowing United to carry 15,000 pounds of drugs. Rock on. We're going to be talking about that in uh, my final thoughts. But first, let's go to a commercial break. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. Join me Monday through Friday for Motorcycle Mayhem Morning Show on YouTube Live, Facebook, and all major podcasting platforms where we talk about all the major biker news going on in the scene. Rock on. Get your most unbiased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock Hi, I'm Hollywood. And I'm China Doll. Listen to the Hollywood and China Doll Evening Show, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. Rock on! Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, a motorcycle madhouse morning mayhem. Listen to our show on Radio Public. Podcast app for iPhone and Android. User-created playlists and collections. Download episodes while on Wi-Fi to listen without using mobile data. And you can stream the podcast episodes without waiting for the download. Download our Radio Public podcast app now. Rock on. Rock on, baby! Oh, wrong screen there. Oh, I hit that wrong, and I, I hate when that happens. It's one of them days today. One of them days. So, hopefully, you guys go over and uh, join me and China Dow over at Hollywood and China Dow Show. Man, we talk about some cool subjects, boy. Also, if you want to join the Insane Throttle Club. That is where you get extra perks the whole nine yards. We had our first Zoom call the other day. Uh, it's really going good, man. I really love putting the face behind all the uh, subscribers and stuff. We uh, kick back, talk, chill, the whole nine yards, getting to know everybody. You can join that 
by going to the Throttle Club over on YouTube. It's $1.99 a month, or there's one for $9.99 a month, and it really helps the show out. Keep it going. Uh, don't forget to share this material, man. It helps us get around all the BS and make sure you like it. Uh, back to my final thoughts. Tommy O 1% is somebody you really want to, you know what, his integrity's, you know, in the stratosphere. Uh, he's a straight talker. He knows what he's talking about. He went through a lot. He beat this COVID-19 virus. You might want to take, you know, a little advisement from what he had to say because it is a dangerous uh Disease. I know everybody split 50-50, the government, uh, conspiracy stuff. Uh, well, the hospitals are doing this and that. Put that aside, man. Do you really want to even take a chance catching that stuff? That's like me, man. I'm a germaphobe, man. I've been, like, huddled up <laughs> in the studio because I do have, you know, pre-existing uh, conditions. But a lot of people that have passed away do not. Uh, you heard about uh, the girl that he worked with in the dance club, 30-something uh, years old, that died, no pre-existing uh, conditions. Uh, he didn't have any. He's a strong guy, works out the whole nine yards, uh, just like my buddy who passed away. So, yes, it, it it's true. It affects people differently, but do you want to take that chance is the question. That's the chance. And clubhouses everywhere are closed down, so... The MCs are taking this very serious, man. Especially, you don't want to go back and take it to a gray beard. Just don't want to do that type of stuff. So hopefully you got something out of that. And he knows what he's talking about. His sister's on the front lines, man, in COVID ward. And if you don't believe about the refrigerator trucks uh, piled up, yeah, you don't know how to do your research, man. That's what I have to say on that one. Uh, so, you know, just the information to put it out there for you. What do you, you know what that El Salvador thing is really sticking in my mind? It's like, holy crap, man. I bet you guys wish you had a constitution down there with the Bill of Rights. They, they, they ruthless down there, man. Ruthless. It's just, wow. <laughs> but, uh, don't forget again to watch me tonight on the Hollywood and China Dow show. I really appreciate all you guys' support. You guys rock on, man. Don't forget the pound rock on in the comment sections. Follow us over on Radio Public. Download that app. It's free, man. You'll love it. Until then, I'll talk to you hoodlums later, man.